Hello and welcome to Two Girls in a Pod. I'm Sharon. I'm Christy. Oh, it is so good to be back. It feels like it's been a hot minute. Yeah, well, it kind of has. <laughs> we had two that we pushed together, two episodes that were back to back, but then we ended up skipping the week before. So hopefully we're back on track now. I think we are. And, you know, some really exciting news for us is we'll be having, in the month of April, we'll be having three interviews, which we are super, super excited about. And I think the the people who listen to us are going to be just as excited as we are. Yeah, I know. We're, we're super excited. I know. And what I really like about it is it's some very different interviews set up with different people with different backgrounds and stuff like that. And just really how we talk about their journey that's going on. So we're excited about that. But that's in April. We are still in March. Yep, we're still in March. <laughs> so we're going to go on ahead and we talked about what are some of the things we could, or some of the things that those topics that we talk about kind of like on a daily basis. And, you know, one of the things we talk about is how does somebody determine their worth? Yes. Knowing your self-worth is so, I feel like, such an important piece to being able to do that self-care that we talk about. And it's in every arena. So we talk a lot about what we bring to relationships and what we bring to our jobs and things like that. And knowing that we have value helps us to, I feel like, set boundaries. I think the problem that people have, though, is... What is my value? Mm -hmm. What is my worth? Whether it's at a job or in a relationship, it doesn't really matter where we're at. You know, whether you're playing sports, what is my value and worth in that? You know, if somebody's negotiating a contract in sports or at work or that, how do I know how valuable I am? And I think that that's a real struggle because I think so much of the time that when people, and let's talk about work for a minute. So when people at work and an employer goes to you and says, well, your value is $10 an hour. And you kind of sit with that and you kind of get, you go do your job and you realize that, man, for $10, I'm doing a whole lot of work. Mm -hmm. And then you'll sit there and you'll say, I don't feel like that's enough. And you go to the employer, well, that's what the wage is. But then, you know, sometimes people will go look at what other people in the same position are being paid and, you know, they're getting paid 15 so it's like, now you really know your worth is not, or where they're putting your value at is not where it's at. So then that causes all this kind of unrest in you, in, in this dissension and just this yuck feeling of, you know, is this all there is? And I think, you know, we talk about this mad exodus that happened, you know, with people leaving jobs and doing stuff like that. But I think the reason why is because people are starting to look at what is my worth in a company. Mm-hmm. I have a, a client who's been at his job and he's done some really impressive things in that job. We were talking about that. I feel like I'm doing more than, or the new hires get on at the same wage you are at. Right. And, you know, they're like, well, wait a minute. I've been doing this for a year. And because you raised the rate of new hires, you put my wage with new hires. So now I'm still the equivalent of a new hire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's messing with people's heads as it should in some way. Yeah, definitely. And so we've been working with him on, he's got his date where he's going to go and he's going to ask for that raise. And he's got all these things documented of why he believes he deserves that raise because it is about his worth. And I think that that's what it is. A lot of the time, a lot of people are, they're fearful about setting 
that kind of boundary or reaching out to their employer and saying, hey, I don't feel like that I'm being valued, you know, at the rate that I should be and and that. So I know that there's a, it takes a lot of nerve to reach out and do that. You have to conjure up some confidence to make that happen. But I think that if you approach it from the place that you know that you're doing your best, you can point out the value that you bring to the company. Well, and I think the other thing that's really important is, you know, we had this conversation with our friend June, and I will say that, I don't know if it's I struggle with my worth, but I always, my thing is, is what can the other person afford? Mm-hmm. My field is a little bit different because I'm in a service industry. I am really serving a population of people. Where you set your rates in that. Yeah. Yeah. I never get my rate. <laughs> Just so y'all know. Because no. that's not how it works with insurance. No. But yeah. So what people don't understand is like, say for instance, my wage, we're going to make it simple. Say it's $100 because that's a nice even number. Insurance may say all I'm going to uh, commit to is $40 or $60. And they're all different. No insurance has the same rate. I sign a contract that says, yes, I will accept that rate. So even though my worth or my rate is $100, I agree to whatever that is. That's kind of my way of my service to the clients that I see. And that's what the, the how the insurance sets that. I mean, they look at the different fields and they say, hey, we will reimburse at this rate. And there are some people in my profession who will say, I will go and I will fight for a higher rate. Yeah. And sometimes the insurance will say, okay, you, you presented your thing, whatever. And so good for them. I don't have the time, I don't think, for that. But once again, even with that, I struggled with what should that wage be? You know, then you go look across the thing, what do other people are charging and all of that. So you kind of get a feel for it. But I remember we were talking to to June and she said, people will, when you know your worth, people will pay you for that worth, Yeah, for that value. Yeah, because of what the service that you're providing, they are getting something out of it and they will see the value in that. And that's really important, I think, when you you are in a position where that you set your rates and things like that. Because we had a previous episode with our guest, Parissa, and she talked about that, you know, when she first started her business and having the hair salon and that and setting her rates for a haircut and that. And what all went into her reasoning why she made the rates that she did. There's a lot of things that are required. Well, and even when she talked about her feeling about that when they first said that, and she almost got tongue-tied like, I don't know, why am I charging that amount? You know, and then she had to remove herself and then think about it, the damage to my hands. You know, I continue to do trainings, I all of exactly. these things. And then it made sense. And then it was like, okay, now I have the answer. I don't know if she's ever had to use it again. But it's true. And I think a lot of times people don't think about that in a profession once, you know, they think once you get the degree and you're in your practice and that or whatever it is that you operate, that that's all there is to it. But a lot of times in order to maintain those licenses and that you have to go on can get continued training. It's good for you anyway. I mean, there's so many things changing in our society and that. And so just to keep up on the knowledge of those things and the new things that people are dealing with and, you know, even just trending things, all of that. And I think that's the thing that's really important is to understand, you know, it's a partnership. Mm -hmm. But also, once again, it's like all of, I think a lot of different thoughts start going through your head about, oh my God, can this person afford it? Can, 
And then it's true. If it's important to you, you're going to pay what it is. Do you see what I mean? It's in anything. And I think that when you start realizing that for that person, if it's important for them to go buy a hundred dollar purse or a hundred dollar hoodie or whatever that is, that's valuable to them. So they will make it happen. Mm -hmm. And I had to get to a place where if your mental health is that valuable to you, you'll do that. I don't have a lot of private pays, but I do have some private pays. Yeah. You know? And so I think that's really that place where you come from of what is my worth? What is my value? And, you know, oftentimes, you know, when I'm talking to some, I had a kiddo ask me one day, he goes, Miss Sharon, what do you do to be you? I don't understand the question. I said, he goes, you know, to do your job. I said, oh, I said, well, honey, you have to go to school six years because you have to get a bachelor's and a master's. I said, then you have to do two years of what's called postgraduate and before you can get a license. And he goes, that's an awful long time. <laughs> it is. But then after we get that license, you're right. We have to do so many continuing education in between when we get licensed to our next license date. And so we have to do this continuous stuff. And that's all out of pocket for the person. Right. You know, when you start putting that and you start realizing that there's, you're putting a lot into this, mm-hmm. but it, it's a whole mind shift. And I had to do the whole mind shift. Right. You know, I really did. I'm there like, oh my God, no, I got to do this. And I get it. And so one of our ways of giving back is I do, I usually have one to two pro bonos a year that I do. Right. And that's not a one-time session. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to that self-talk that we talk about. You really have to understand. You have to remember, you're not trying to take advantage of anyone. You're trying to provide them with the best service possible and to help them better themselves. So I feel like, you know, when you consider your self-worth, you have to understand you're coming from a genuine place of trying to help someone. Then you can know you're not out to scam somebody. So it's not about just making the money and ripping someone off. That makes a huge difference. I think that when you can change your perspective in that way, it changes so much about how you even view finances and all of those things. And I think that's from a perception of, say, what I do or somebody owns their own business or stuff like that. But when you're the actual employee to some of these people and some of these corporations or whatever, it's kind of difficult because I always tell people, a majority of people who have a business, they are looking at the bottom line, which is the money. Right. And there are great employees out there. Do not misunderstand me. There are great employees out there who truly understand that what the value of that employee brings to their thing, and they will compensate them because they understand the worth. Yes, exactly. I always go back to the guy in, I think it was Seattle, who made all of the wage 75000 because he cut his wage because he understood the value of that. And a lot of people thought, oh, man, he's going to lose money, blah, blah, blah. No, the complete opposite. His employees are happy. They feel like they have value. It sounds like that company is thriving. Yes. And it was a very different approach, but it looks like, you know, it's been a good one. And once again, there are those companies out there who truly understand the worth and value of their employees. So therefore, because of that, they compensate them. They help them to understand that. Sometimes it's through money. Sometimes it's through other things. Because, you know, there's a whole bunch of different ways in which people feel that their worth and value, how they acknowledge that. Yeah. 
Because for some, it's, you know, not having to commute and being able to work from home. Some it's, you know, through childcare, there's assistance programs and things like that. So there are a lot of different ways that companies can pay it forward to to their employees other than monetary. So there are things like that that you can look at. But I know it can be difficult when you are an employee and you're working with a company that doesn't want to budge on raises or things like that. And sometimes you have to approach those things tactfully. But you can do it and understanding that sometimes some companies, it seems like there's, you know, this thing to take advantage, especially when you have salaried workers a lot of times or things like that. You find that those employees are having to work more hours and not receiving the pay to match it. So I will hear that a lot in, you know, in in my work with my clients, a lot of them will say, I feel like I'm really working a lot. I don't feel appreciated. I don't feel like I matter. I don't feel like they see my worth or my value to the company. Mm-hmm. Or it'll be, they'll tell me you're very valuable to the company, but yet the words don't match with what they're being paid sometimes, or whether it's pay or PTO or for everybody, it's different. Right. But then what happens is that person starts to feel almost like I'm not valuable. It can mess with your head. In that then the person starts to feel, while I'm here, I guess maybe I'm not as valuable or, you know, those kind of things. And so, you know, when you're in business, there's a relationship in anything, whether it's business or personal life. There's always this relationship. And in our personal lives, we have to know what is our value and what to the other person that's involved in the relationship. We talk about that in, you know, whether it's friendships parent-child relationship, marriages, partnerships, whatever word you want to use. Yeah, sometimes there's relationships where that you feel like you're only getting called on when somebody needs something. That's another time that you have to look at your self-worth and, you know, the time spent and, and consider those things. Or when you're in a relationship and the relationship is good when you're doing everything that person wants you to do. But when you sit there, uh, talking with clients about this too, well, whether it's a family member or whatever, if I'm doing what they want me to be doing, everything's okay. The status quo is there. But if I say I want to do this because it's important to me, everything shifts. Right. And then that person, oftentimes, if they're seeing me, they're going into a place of anxiety and stuff like that because, oh my God, what do I have to do? How do I make this? Do I just, and oftentimes they'll concede, but when they concede, you give away a little bit of you. Right. And in doing so, I think it's very detrimental to the person. Yeah, it's not fair to you. You know, so you have to look. But I think it first starts with know your own worth. Exactly. And then it's like, well, how do I know what I'm worth? (laughs) (laughs) Do you see what I mean? Even in a personal relationship. Well, how do I know my value? How do I know what I'm worth? And I think that can be a very difficult question. Yeah. How would you say you determine your own worth? Like I said, I, I think that you really have to look at are you doing your best? Are you putting forth the effort and do you have the, the work, work ethic to back what you are asking for? Are you referring to in a personal relationship or in a professional one? Well, I'm talking about in a professional in, okay. in that but realm, what, but in, even but within I, a personal relationship. But do you find, though, that it's a little bit different when you're looking at your worth in a work because we often will look at that as income-based or whatever. But when we're talking about in a personal relationship. 
Well, even in what that, becomes the measurable. I hope that you're you're bringing your best to that as well. If you're not actively listening to that person, if you're not holding space for them sometimes and that, because that's what friendships are, it's give and take and those things. So, you know, if you're not showing up in that way, then yeah, there's a, there's you know, a deficit. You know? you know, what's interesting is I always change that word, you know, cause we talk about give and take, uh-huh. but oftentimes people hear that word take and I always say it's called give and share. Mm, that's true. No, seriously. When you think about it, if somebody's having a hard day, they're sharing with you. Yeah. And if you pause what you're doing, you're sharing time with them instead of saying, I'm going to take time away from this to go to you. It creates this different mentality, I think. Yeah, I could see how that would be. It could kind of create a, a negative connotation on the backside that you don't really consciously think about, but it may inhibit you in some way. Well, the reason I say that, you know, I do a little bit of couples therapy, as you all know, mm-hmm. and it always fascinates me. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, is, Oftentimes, I'll hear people say, well, I'll take time away from my game, or I'll take time away from this, or I'll take time away from that to be there for you. And there's almost a resentment in it. Well, yeah, because if you do feel like you're taking away something that you enjoy, taking away from your time of something spent, something that you enjoy doing, then you are going to feel a little bit even if it's to a, Even if it's to attend to the person you love, yeah. the people you care about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I always talk about, you know, and... and I always talk to my clients about the message you give your brain, those words, that verbiage that we use really changes that relationship or it has a potential to. Yeah, it can change that interaction for sure because it can it plays out through your mood in that. There are some people that will say, okay, yeah, I won't play my, like you used the example, I, I won't play my game. And then if you go and you spend time with them, but the whole time you're kind of disgruntled because you're not getting to do what you want to do. I mean, then that does, it takes away from the relationship. Oh, geez, you need me to hold you while you're crying. (laughs) God, (laughs) I could be playing something right now and being happy. (laughs) At least one of us would be happy. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But you know, it kind of feels that way sometimes. And I get it. You know, it's, it's a difficult thing. (laughs) Well, you know, when you think about it, that's just like even on a physical level that how that they will tell you, Don't use certain wording when you are, like, say your goal is to lose weight. You don't put that thought in there about a diet and restricting yourself and that because the body will react in an opposite way. You know, it thinks you're going to starve your body. So it has the opposite effect of what you want. So even on a physical level, you can see Absolutely. Even going to a place of guilt. Yeah. Guilt with work, you know, when you're talking about the physical health, but also when you're talking about that emotional thing. If you are there and you start feeling guilty, oh man, I really shouldn't have been crying um, and sharing that. I It kind of switches and you start to feel guilty for taking them away from their game or whatever it is. That's not good either because now it's something has that was might have been an external thing becomes an internal thing. Exactly. And when you start having that negative self-talk and beating yourself up, you're definitely not focused on self-worth. No. And that's the thing. That those thought processes stay in your brain. And then what happens is your self-worth continues to go down and down and down. Mm -hmm. And then guess what? It doesn't matter when you're at a job, in a relationship, you don't feel worthy anyway. So how can you ask for something when you don't feel like you deserve it? Exactly. I was having this conversation with a client yesterday and I said, at some point, you have got to understand that you have value and that you're worth is important 
And I said, once you can do that and you can really buy into it, all of this negativity, all of this thought process will start to dissipate some. Mm -hmm. But is how do you switch it? But oftentimes, and if I tell somebody, you deserve to be happy, I can, the body language tells me right away, like, no, I really don't. And how sad is that when we even in, in the thing of being happy, how many times in my office over the past 20 plus years, when I have used that, or you are valuable, you are worthy, you deserve this, you deserve this. How many times I see that them shrink down and not believe they are worthy. Right. And in doing that, you recoil into yourself and you cannot give to the maximum that, that you should be able to because you're not in that place of, of understanding when you are happy and confident what you are providing exactly. to your relationships, your job, anything. So I think, you know, when we talk about knowing your worth, it's that internal talk you have to start with. Okay. You have to remind yourself, I am worthy. I deserve to be happy. I deserve these things. Mm -hmm. But so much of the time we're taught, I think, through all that verbiage, you know, and we're talking societally and historically, we hear all those things. From the time that we're young, we do this self-shaming thing with uh, so many aspects of our lives. I think we do, and I think it also comes into play because, you know, once again, they become these societal norms. Yeah. Oh, if you live in these communities, just be okay with being the janitor or the garbage truck collector. Not that, not that there's anything wrong with that, but that you're minimized to that or go mow the yards or clean the houses because whether it's because of culture or whatever it is. So people will think, oh, well, you know, I'm from here, so we just don't do those things. This is what we do. You're relegated to some, minimized uh, to some portion of society that seems less than. Exactly. Yeah. And because of that, you don't know who to reach out to to get past that. Right. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When I work with some of my kiddos and I work with the neurodivergent population, I don't sit there and say to them, this is the best you can be. I will say, you can be what you want to be. Right. And a lot of times kids don't get that message. And, you know, especially when they're neurodivergent, you know, if they started out really rough. And like I said, I'm just, I'm just so grateful that I've been on this journey with one of my young men who... Like I said, for the first time, a junior in high school, junior, he no longer has an IEP. All of his passing grades. An IEP meaning? Oh, it's an individual education plan. So it's for accommodations for somebody. Because of him being on the autism spectrum, there were lots of outbursts early on and things like that, very dysregulated and things like that. And so I think... It's the plan that's in place to, to help. help them overcome those things. Yeah, to just assist them to become more. But I think the thing is, is that oftentimes, even when you're working with kids and stuff like that, and if they have behavioral issues or that, they start to believe that that's all that I am. And I think even for him, it was, I'm autistic. I don't, and I, I'm telling you, I am just so impressed with this young man. So impressed with him. Mm -hmm. Where he is at today has a summer job lined up because when you 
are on that journey with them and you help them to understand they can be more than they are in this moment, regardless of what they've been told, whether it's through schools or media or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. or those social constructs, he now understands his worth is different. Exactly. And that's the main thing, I think, is helping others to believe in themselves because they have received so many of these negative messages. And I mean, you can even see that, you know, if you've watched stories of people that grew up in maybe rough neighborhoods where that a way of life was selling drugs or those kinds of things. And they talk about they never knew any other way. This is how they survived. There are people that break out of that and, you know, start to believe something else about themselves, that they are fully capable of taking a different direction. And I think that's what it comes down to, helping people to understand that. Well, absolutely. And, you know, when I did drug and alcohol treatment as well, that was one of the things, you know, when you buy into those things of I'm an addict and this is what I do, this is who I am then you stay stuck in those things. And I think anything is when you learn your worth and your value. Mm -hmm. Not only what is my worth and value for myself, but then what does, how does that go out to the community, to my relationships, to everything else? Mm -hmm. Because what you fully buy into and believe about yourself, you will fulfill. Absolutely. Yeah. And oftentimes, you know, I think people have to understand there's some fear and intimidation about some things. And particularly when we're talking about our worth, because it's like, am I bragging? Am I vain? Am I this? Am I arrogant? How many times do people will use those kind of terminology when somebody's sitting there saying, oh, yeah, I'm really good at math. Oh, a little arrogant, are we? Or things like that. And then it's Mm -hmm. like, that shuts that down. No, it's not arrogance. If you're good at something and you like something, then do that. I will (laughs) tell people, I love what I do. I love being a therapist and I think I do it well but it took me a long time to get there to say that I am good at what I do with the disorders that I treat well yeah and I mean that's been (laughs) evidence-based yeah after how many years but you you know have spent so much time in training and and going and seeing so many people I'm I'm sure you're in the thousands with how many you've seen so Well, and I think the other thing is true, though, is because once again, we get that thing of, oh, that's vanity, that's arrogance, that's conceit. So once again, then that shuts down somebody's self-worth. Exactly. No, if you're good at it, you love it, talk about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that's the important aspect of all this. That's how you build that that Mm self-worth. You talk about those things that you're passionate about. You talk about what you're good at. Yeah. Because there are so many things in life we're not good at. But what happens is when you your worth starts going down, how you see yourself starts going down, then guess what? You only start talking about everything that you cannot do well. Right. And we forget what we do well. When I ask people, I'll say, what is it you like to do? What do you do well? Silence. <laughs> yep. And they're like, what do you mean? You don't know? I don't even remember. Yeah. A lot of times that is the answer for people. You know, I don't even know if I'll like it. I go, you know what the cool thing is, is if you don't, guess what? There are a bajillion interests out there. I promise you, you will find one, you know? (laughs) Yeah. You know, and I don't care if it's going and finding rocks, you know, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever it is. There are so many things. But once again, we get so caught up in all of that 
negative talk that we hear or all that other verbiage that gets stuck in our head that we really do start to lose who we are. Yeah. And it's really sad because like I say, I mean, when you focus on what you love and what you do well, not everybody has the same skill set. So it's not arrogance. When you focus on that thing that you do well at, you are bringing it to the world in a way that it's a positive, but other people enjoy it. I have had to give that a lot of thought, even in singing, because I do enjoy singing, but I enjoy singing around the house and, you know, there's nobody there to hear it. And so, and there's nothing wrong with that. But when people compliment me or things like that, I really had to work on that in my mind, my thinking around that. Oh boy, did she. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, which I think is really cool because even that worth now that you're seeing the more of that value. And so you... You have your own YouTube where you just do your, you just do music. Yeah, I don't have too many videos on there, but I, yeah. But hey, <laughs> if you're out there, go to her YouTube channel. It's uh, Christy Banta. B-A-N-T-A. Yeah. E is in boy, E is an apple, N is in Nancy, T is in Tom, A is an apple. <laughs> <laughs> I always like doing those little things. <laughs> when I talk to military people, you know, they do those other little things. I love that. Yeah. Tango. Echo. Yeah. <laughs> See, we digress sometimes. <laughs> but, you know, even like one of the things even about this podcast, you know, some of the people that we're, we really want to reach out to and um, that will be there like, why do they want to do our podcast? And then we finally got to the point of saying, you know what? We really love what we do. And if we love it, they will pick up on that with us. And the other thing is, is all we have to do is extend it out. If they say no, they say no. Exactly. But then guess we, what? We've been getting yeses yes. and that's even better. So that's what, yeah, we focused on that. And we have gratitude for all the yeses that we get. Yes, but there was there was still that thing of, is this really valuable? That apprehension. Seriously, I think it is that thing of, well, why would they? We're, we're just a little podcast or <laughs> we don't even know how big we are because you can't track numbers. So I don't even know what that means. Yeah. And like I said, we're just so immensely grateful for every one of our listeners. Yeah. And, you know, if you're a listener and you become a follower, that's even better. Yeah. You know what I mean? If it provides a positive note for anybody, we're grateful for that. Or if it makes you think about something. Yeah. If it makes you, if this episode makes you sit down and say, what is my worth? Have I been living up to that worth? And if the answer is no, then what can I do differently? Yeah. If the answer is yes, then how do I transfer that to others or whatever that is? Because it becomes that relationship. Am I worthy in everything? And oftentimes we're not, we might be really, we might see our worth in our work, but not in our relationships or vice versa or whatever. We might not see our worth as far as being a parent, but man, I'm a good executive or I'm good this, or I'm good at this. But as a parent, man, I just don't know if I'm doing, you know, there's that worth too. And, you know, I think for parents, that's another place that do I feel valued? You know, often parents will say, kid, don't talk to me at all. But man, if I'm doing something else, they're right up in my business. <laughs> then I know I'm valuable. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like our dog. But, you know, that's a whole other story. Right. But that worth we're talking about is so important. And we're, I'm going to go back to work because we work more than we're at home. So a majority of our time is spent working. And, you know, now they want to raise the retirement age. I don't know. I guess they want us to work until, you know, we're maybe it's us digging our own hole to jump in when we're done. I don't know. 
quite possibly. <laughs> Do y'all not feel that way sometimes? It's like, oh my god, there's the finish line. Wait, they're moving it again. <laughs> I'm never going to retire. Yeah. But because of that, we are at our job more than we are anywhere else. And I think that because of that, it really plays on us. And and it can cause us to feel stressed, to to have those down moods and things like that. But, you know, I always tell people, if you don't ask, you'll never know. If you ask and your company keeps saying no, then maybe it's time for you to move on to a new company. Mm-hmm. To find those people, because I promise you, there is a company out there that's going to value you for what you do. But I will also say this, when you don't understand that value and you keep giving and giving and over giving to these companies, they know your value, but they will not compensate your value because you're giving it to them for free. Exactly. And if you're giving it to them for free, they will not change. So you have to learn, and you said that a minute ago about boundaries. You have to be able to set up boundaries because boundaries is a way that we show our worth. Mm -hmm. So when you do that, you have to be able to say, you know what? I'm done with this. Right. This is why I'm valuable to this company. This is what I've brought to this company, but I will no longer continue to do it for free. Exactly. And that's where I was saying that a lot of people fall into that. I know sometimes with salaries and that you're set on a salary. So the the company doesn't mind that you're putting in the extra hours because it's not like you're getting overtime or things like that. So you're basically that time is free. And, you know, what company wouldn't want to take advantage of that, you know, especially if you're a good worker and know what you're doing. So, I mean, those are things that you have to look at. I remember we were at one of the companies I was at, me and uh, they said about we needed to be at the office on this particular day. And all that's there is Kathy G. and I, and we're getting ready to make coffee. And I told her, wait a minute, stop. She goes, well, I said, we're going home. I said, we don't get paid for this. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. In my head, I'm there like, I would rather enjoy my day at home with you than to be there sitting around waiting to see if somebody was going to come in and need services. <laughs> not my job. Yeah. Especially when you're not t- paid for your time in between, you know, because with you guys, it was like a contract type of thing, so... And that was the other thing, you know, they would have these meetings. Well, guess what? The meeting takes an hour. That takes money out of my paycheck. Finally, I'm there like, no, I had a person who I I said, I'm not going to change this person's schedule because they couldn't change it. And, you know, so if they could make their appointment, then I would go to the meetings. But I didn't make the meeting my priority because that wasn't what was compensating me, nor was it really changing anything in what I did Mm -hmm. or, or my role in the company itself. Yeah, and those boundaries, I think that's where the the original concept of that you were hearing a year ago about the quiet quitting, and that has such a negative connotation, sounds like, to it. But I think really what people were trying to say is setting a boundary about not going that extra mile when you're not getting paid for it, and that, you know, allowing them to take advantage of that time and doing those things for free. And so it wasn't really necessary, I don't think, quiet quitting was a good term to use for it, but it really was more about people are starting to realize not having those boundaries in place, they were getting taken advantage of. I think that's absolutely true. And I think that when people do do that mad exodus, you know, what you're hearing from about that is, well, people just don't want to work. Well, it gets disheartening when you work 40 hours a week, sometimes 50 hours a week, and you get to pay rent, pay all your bills. And then at the end, you know, you sit there and say, 
oh, yippee, now I have $20. <laughs> oh, I got to put gas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there goes that. Yeah, because you know, I have some clients like that, you know, they'll be there and they budget their money. Everything is so budgeted that they they feel like, what am I working? All I work for is a place to live, but there's no entertainment. There's no nothing. Which goes into a whole other set of problems because there's so many things that need to, to change well, on a systemic level. Well, once again, that still goes into somebody's worth. Definitely. You're not worth $15 an hour, but yet you're worth, they want you to go pay over that in rentals and stuff like that. So exactly. it's this really weird dynamic. But once again, all these things start paying on, playing on your self-worth. Mm -hmm. But it puts people in such a conundrum because there are people that are working two and three jobs trying to make ends meet. And it shouldn't be that way. Cost of living needs to, you know, there needs to be some evening out that happens. But for the people who are working for those companies, you don't need the government to come in and tell you to do the right thing. Right. Definitely. You do not. Yeah. You know what you're doing. You know your overhead. You know how much you're paying your executives. Exactly. You know. And you know how much that takes away from somebody else. Yeah. And that's not to devalue the executives. That's not what that is at all. But what it is saying is how do you show that you appreciate what your employees are doing? Exactly. Even on the lowest level. Because without them... It messes up your whole operations. <laughs> Absolutely. You're standing on the backs of those people. So, you know, you've, you've got to take that into consideration that those people are valuable to your company. And I guess even the other thing is, is that maybe you are a company that can't afford to raise the wages, but there are other ways that you can, what, things that you can do to show somebody that they are valuable to your company. Yeah. Whether it's going and having a minute and talking to them, letting them know. You know, Christy, you are so valuable to what we do or whatever. We do that with each other. I always tell you, what you do behind the scenes is really sometimes more important than what I do in the business, not in the practice itself, because what I do, I think, is very valuable, but to make the business run. Mm -hmm. But both jobs are equally important. Yes. I mean, one doesn't exist without not the other. The other. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the thing. We, we realize it is such a partnership. Right. And, but it doesn't mean that I don't just be, it, you become complacent sometimes, I think is what it is. Mm -hmm. I want you to know how valuable you are in the company. So therefore I will make statements like that. I will let you know because it's important because exactly. you're not getting a raise. <laughs> <laughs> See how you are. You will just get uh, statements of affirmation. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Sign me up for that. <laughs> <laughs> I did. <laughs> but do you see what I mean? Yeah. Helping people to, to know their worth is not always monetary. Yeah. It isn't. Sometimes it is just taking time to let them know their value. Mm -hmm. In relationships, it's not always about taking somebody out to dinner and stuff, but sometimes it is putting aside your game when you see somebody crying and you just go sit with them and there's no think of I'm giving up something instead yeah. of I'm sharing my time with somebody. And I think those things are really important. So there's so many ways, but it initially starts with you, yes. you understanding you have worth yes. and you know, you might sit there and say, well, what is it? Well, then you see, you think about it and that there are certain things you deserve. And 
the one thing that every human being deserves that I feel is they deserve to be happy. Yeah. They deserve to be loved. And they deserve to love somebody. Right. And there's no limitation on that. Okay. So for me, if you, even if, if those become your statement is I deserve to be loved. I deserve to love somebody. I deserve to be happy. I am worthy of all of the, of these three things. Then there's a start. Yes. Because then you're, you're in of the mindset to bring your best to the table in whatever aspect of your life that you're looking at. Absolutely. And I think those are the things that are really important is paying attention to those things, sitting with yourself. And if you're feeling that, that you're not feeling worthy or like you're less than or whatever in whatever those arenas are, then you have to sit there and say, why is it in this arena and not another arena? And I think sometimes it's just, we need validation, but we won't go to that person and say, Hey, I really need you to talk to me about, you know, what is the value of me in this relationship? Mm -hmm. You know, and particularly with even in work, what do I bring to your company that is valuable? Mm -hmm. Because oftentimes we'll talk about our value to somebody else, but we don't know what the company feels we are, what our value is, Mm -hmm. what our worth is to the company. So I say put that back on your supervisors and stuff. And sometimes they haven't even thought about that until you come to them with that and say, you know, you, you make it known to them that you're not feeling appreciated or those. Or I love it. You get your yearly evaluation, (laughs) which just so you know, brings anxiety to a lot of people. Yeah. Oh my God, I got this yearly evaluation. And I'll even ask, well, do you feel like there's something that's gone on that would show some negative feedback or stuff? No, but, but there's still the fear of negative feedback mm-hmm. because did I do enough? Did, you did I miss enough? something? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and sometimes it's just because they know their employer <laughs> and it's sad when it's a situation. That's like true that. too. But they are, you know, are expecting, you know, and sometimes I, unfortunately it is that way. The employer's only looking at the, their bottom line and they don't want to have to pay you out more or whatever. So, I mean, there are those attitudes that you will encounter. <laughs> You know, one of the things as a supervisor, I would always go in with the mentality of sometimes I'm going to have to talk to you about, you know, we we talk about meeting numbers or things like that or what is those kind of things or what is, you know, paperwork, all that kind of stuff. And I would always, if I had that negative, I would start with that, but I would always finish with everything that was positive, what that contribution meant. Mm -hmm. Because I think that's the important thing. We are reversed in that. Oftentimes people come out of those years and that's the only time you hear about your performance. Yeah. You go a whole year and I will hear that you go a whole year and nothing. Mm-hmm. Then you have that one hour where everything's condensed. No, if I'm providing you a service for a year, then please let me know that. Please mm-hmm. let me know my value. And I think that's all people are saying. Let me know I'm valuable. And obviously you brought some value to the company or they wouldn't have kept you on for all that time. <laughs> Or they're waiting till they evaluate to get no option. <laughs> I mean, usually, you know. Oh if- my God! And the other thing, performance improvement plans, mm, yeah, or a disciplinary action plan. But guess what? We don't. Or sometimes they'll have bonuses and stuff, but there's not as much emphasis on that, right? So even in that, when you're going in for those yearly evals and they're getting ready to talk you down, sometimes and that happens, then it becomes your job to talk you up. Yeah, you're right. 
I did slack on this, but this is, you know what, this is what I excelled at. I excelled at these things, and these things are what's really important. And then the question becomes to that person, I need you to put this aside and tell me what is my value to this company? What am I worth? What is the value worth of me? That's why I think, you know, before you go into those evaluations and things like that, really working on building your self-confidence in that area and and looking at what your self-worth is before you go in there, because you are, a lot of times that's when you really have to sell, your, yourself. sell yourself, make yourself shine and help them to recognize it. So I guess as we're getting ready to wrap up, my thing is, is taking that pause, understanding that each and every single human being is valuable, has worth. Yes. And it's not about what other people say, because it starts with you. You need to say it to yourself before other people are going to say it to you. Yeah. You need to start believing that you have value and worth. And it's not about your employer. But if you feel you have worth and value in a company, then let them know that. It doesn't have to wait. You don't have to wait until some yearly evaluation. Talk about that. Mm -hmm. Because oftentimes those are the people who are getting the raises are the ones who are in your face all the time. I need a raise. I want this. I want this. I want this. This is what I do. I guess when they say that the squeaky wheel gets the oil. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah. Sometimes you have to become the squeaky wheel. And you really have to do work on, on your approach because if you go in there saying everything that the company's not doing, it's where the focus has to come in is what you are doing. You got to sell yourself. You don't sell the company. Mm -hmm. You don't demean the company just as in a relationship. You don't demean the relationship. You go in and you talk about what am I bringing to the table in this, in whatever that relationship is. Yeah. You don't sit... I don't gain value by demeaning you. Right. But people will often do that. They think if I demean you, then I gain value. It's a complete opposite. It's kind of like I was telling you, too, because this is like the political season. And, and I was telling you the other day, it's watching some of the stuff about when when it's a, a candidate that's on or whatever. A lot of times it's not about what that candidate can bring to the position that they're running for or whatever. It's usually about roasting the others, you know, and that's one of the reasons I don't really like to watch those. I mean, I love to go and read the stuff that they, where are they at on different situations? Absolutely. Where, what is their take on these different issues? That's more important to me than them ridiculing the it, other candidate. Exactly. So this is a mind shift we're talking about. Right. So, you know, maybe for the week, just practice it. Find one statement, whatever that is. Have gratitude for your worth. Have gratitude for your relationships. Have gratitude for your jobs and all of that. And then within that gratitude, you will find some of that worth anyway. Yes. Okay. We will be back next week. We will be having a guest on, which once again, we are super, super excited. And once again, we had to step outside that comfort and understand the worth of what we do on this podcast. And reach out to them and we're so grateful that they said yes so we're super excited about that so just for now know your worth know you are valuable and we look so forward to being back next week and we hope that you guys have an amazing amazing week take care of yourselves yes bye, bye.